Okay, welcome to the Edlo podcast again. Um, first, I want to start by saying uh, thank you to everyone who has supported the podcast thus far. I think I am, I don't know if it's nine or ten months in, to doing this podcast, and it has really caught steam. And I feel like we've done a lot of good, and I've had a lot of really interesting guests. Um, and we've seen a lot of improvement. I think this month, if everything finishes up the way it's uh, it's been going, I think I'll have seen another 35 or so percent increase in downloads on Apple and Spotify, Google, all those fancy places. And uh, I've seen massive subscriber growth in uh, on YouTube as well. And uh, so I appreciate everyone who has supported this venture of mine. It's it's fun, and I'm not done yet. I've got a lot of really cool stuff in the in the works, um, from wrestlers to motivational speakers. I've got a sex worker coming on. I've uh, uh, I've got um, some WWE Hall of Famers that uh, potentially will be showing up as well. Actors I've been talking to. So stay tuned. We got a lot more. Uh, fun excuse me fun stories coming up and so uh, but i appreciate it i appreciate everybody who's been following along it's been a lot of fun learning uh, from all these people so uh anyhow i i posted out on instagram and facebook and you can follow the edlo podcast on on both of those as well as i think i'm on on tiktok as well um I asked if anybody had any questions because I was going to do another Just Me podcast, and I got a whole slew of questions um, that I have listed here. So let's start. Okay, so. All right, so number uh, number one. Um, one listener asks, have you ever had any surgery? No, I can't say that I have, knock on wood, I've been able to uh, avoid surgery. Um, I think the closest I ever came to was getting some staples in my head as a result of a uh, a uh, brush with a garbage can that was thrown at my head. And that's a story, uh, you know, you had to be there. Um, looked great on film. But uh, other than that, I don't think, yeah, I've never, I've never had any surgeries at all other than maybe my own personal surgery on ingrown toenails. So, uh, next question: How do you feel about COVID? Um, is that still a thing? I don't know. I, it just seems like it's kind of another flu now. Um, I don't. I don't know how to answer that question. It's really broad. I don't know quite what's being asked. I, I don't. Um, you know, I was. I was worried at the beginning, just like everybody else. Uh, I caught COVID. It was very um, minor. My kids caught it as well, and it was fairly minor for them as well. Um, I did get the vaccine and uh, both doses with Pfizer, and uh, I, you know, I didn't have any problem uh, doing that. And I'm not necessarily, I'm not, I'm not pro vaccine or anti vax. Um, I, I don't do a flu shot, but I do get the other vaccinations that I'm supposed to get. Um, you know, and. Uh, but I, but I haven't done, I think I'm, I might've done one booster, but I haven't done anything since. And, um, I just, yeah. So I think it, the COVID thing is really interesting. I think there's a, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of research that really needs to be happening. It's investigation needs to happen. In what exactly caused COVID? I think it's really interesting that, you know, the, the backstory seems really interesting. Uh, I do find it kind of odd that some of the people who at one point were heralded as kind of lunatics and spreading misinformation have proven to kind of be accurate in some of the things that they said. Um, but at the same time, also, I don't, you know, I know people who got really, really, really sick. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll tell you in a little story. There was someone who wanted to come on my podcast 
who uh, did a documentary to suggest that COVID didn't even really, wasn't even a real thing. Um, and I just said, you know what, it's probably better that we that we don't do that because I do believe it's a thing. I know people who are nurses who um, had to sit there and watch people die um, at the beginning. So it's very much a real thing. And uh, so I don't know, I don't know what else to say about that. Um, anyhow, who is your last Instagram search? That is a good question. Let's see, who was last? Michael Gregson, good friend of mine, been on the podcast. He was my uh, last Instagram search. I think I looked him up because he, uh, every once in a while, will post uh, some funny dad jokes. So I was trying to get some fodder to hit, hit my daughters with. Um, how many hours of sleep did you get last night? Probably four and a half hours. Yeah, yesterday was a long one for me. Um, so, uh, I had a, a mediation on a case in, uh, Oakland that was in person. And then from there drove straight to Toyota Amphitheater to see Foreigner live. And by I say Foreigner, I use that loosely because as I got there and they came on stage, I realized there was not a single original, uh, band member, band member, uh, on the tour. They used to have Mick Jones, who was the lead guitar and the creator of Foreigner. And, uh, but he selects what shows he's going to come to, and he didn't select that one. So there was literally not a single original member on there, but still a good time. Anyhow. Okay, what is your favorite Rocky sequel and why? Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know. I love them all for so many different reasons. Even Rocky Five, which I do admit is probably a major step below all of the other Rocky movies. And I'm not including Creed movies in this. This is specifically Rocky sequels. Uh, Creed is awesome too, but I consider that a separate franchise that's just kind of a part of the universe. So um, I love them all for all sorts of different reasons. Um, if I had to choose right now, um, oh, sorry, what I was saying, Rocky V is a step below all of the rest of the sequels, but it's still entertaining. It's just not as good as the rest of the Rocky movies. So, um, but they all, I love them all for different reasons. I think if I was going to choose one, okay, I'll do it this way. If we're talking about um, just straight up rewatchability or the one I watch the most, probably have watched Rocky four more than any of the other ones. Um, it's just so awesome. Ivan Drago and, you know, it's just the epitome of eighties. It's just really great. But I think if I was going to say which one is the best sequel, I think Rocky Balboa, I would say that is the best of all the sequels. Um, it's so, it, I, it was the one that got closest to the feel of the original. So if you haven't seen Rocky Babo, you should, because it's really, really great. Uh, thoughts on the next season of Cobra Kai? Um, I, I don't, is, is the writer's strike causing that to not come out? I don't know if that had any effect on Cobra Kai. I, I'm excited for it. It's the last season, so hopefully they tie everything up. They left a good cliffhanger in the last season. I'm sad that it's ending, although I think that they've gotten to a point where it needs to end. The universe has just gotten so big that I think it's starting to get a little too much and it's hard to follow everybody and getting a little out of control and silly. But at the same time, it's it's great. I mean, like if you're a Karate Kid fan, this is I, I've said this before. Uh, uh, I really, really hate how Hollywood has taken my childhood and kind of pillaged it for gain and they just put out like these garbage sequels to movies that i'm super excited for and i'm always really let down cobra kai is the is the first i think the best throwback to an 80s film that i've ever seen and i mean that i mean it's so well written it's obvious that the creators uh and directors and writers uh are fans and they've taken a lot of time and put a lot of respect on it. 
they just did a fantastic job. So very excited for it. Um, okay. Uh, you mentioned you'd attend the Beckham Swinger Party in your last question answer podcast. Would you consider Brangelina's sing- Swinger Party? Uh, so that is that. That's Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. I I don't think they're even together anymore, right? So that wouldn't happen. Uh, not that I would actually get inv- invited to the the Beckham Swinger Party. Um, but uh, uh, no, no, I've made it clear. No, it's it's Beckham's. Okay, there's got to be a line, and it's Beckham's. Okay, and by the way, that Angelina Jolie. Let me tell you something about her. Okay, that woman stole Brad from Jennifer Aniston. That is not okay. Not a fan. I don't care how hot you are and how piercing your eyes are, okay? You are an evil temptress, and I don't appreciate it. Okay, next. All right. Uh, is this the same question? No. You mentioned you'd... This is the same question. You mentioned you'd attend the Beckham Swinger Party in your last question and answer podcast. Oh, what about Benefer's Swinger Party? So that's... Uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer, um, is that Jennifer Lopez or the other Jennifer Garner? Um, No, I can't go. No. Okay. Here's the thing. Funny, funny story. A lot of times, a lot of times I show I've gone places and people have told me I look like Ben Affleck. I don't see it. I don't see it at all. But I've heard it, so I just have to say, I can't go to a swinger party with Ben Affleck. We'd get confused. It'd be weird. It just, I can't. I know. So, no. And by the way, like I said, there's a line somewhere, and it's the Beckhams. Okay? That's it. I, and, and I'm only going, I just want to make it clear, I'm only going just to see who's there and to not be rude to David and Victoria Beckham. Okay? That is the only reason why I would consider going. I'm not going to swing. I'm just going to come with a fruit basket and say my hellos, find out who's there, and just be grateful. Okay, so um, another one. You mentioned you'd attend the Becker's Beckham's Swinger Party in your last question-answer podcast. Hear me out. What about a couple of hookers that look like David and Victoria Beckham? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I know who this is. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not going for the wish.com Beckham swinger party. Okay, it's got to be authentic. Give me a break. Okay, we can't be doing that. No, we're not. We're not doing that weird. You know the the makeshift off brand Chinese made swinger party. No, I want authentic David and Victoria Beckham there. Okay, in all their glory. Huh. Okay, no more questions about swinger parties. Um, what is your favorite recent memory? Um, ooh, that's a good one. I've had a lot of really good memories lately. Um, I think my favorite recent memory was probably uh, going to a Giants game uh, with my family. And so... Uh, all the kids were there, and it was just, uh, you know, uh, I had a great time um, just taking my kids, and and uh, it was just, it was just a lot of fun. I had a great time with them. Uh, had something I haven't been able to do for a long time, and uh, I was just grateful for that. So I think that's it. And uh, this will be after it happens, but I'm recording this right before I'm going to make another memory. I'm taking my boys and I'm taking them, uh, down to Los Angeles to see two Metallica shows and possibly a trip to Disneyland as well. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun looking forward to making more memories with them. And those are my favorite memories, like the ones that are, you know, that are going to that are going to be lifelong memories that hopefully they can carry with them. So, um, okay, next. Uh, why do lawyers talk so much? Uh, we don't talk, we pontificate. Okay, it's a little different. And you should listen. 
if we're being honest, okay, you should listen to what lawyers say, because if you don't listen to what lawyers say, you get in trouble. That's how you do it, okay? Ask any criminal who didn't listen to their lawyer, okay? So uh, I shouldn't say that. There are some bad criminal lawyers out there, but I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave it at that. Okay, next, uh, why doesn't my crush like me back? Well, I don't know who you are. It could be a number of things. Perhaps, um, you know, I don't know. Perhaps uh, you, you haven't showered much. You kind of smell different. I don't know. Um, no, you know, it's funny. It, it's kind of this thing. It's 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 interesting. Uh, I try to give my... He has a girlfriend now, so I don't really have to give him much advice on, on dating because he's he's spoken for. But I've talked to my son quite a bit about this whole idea and i've told him i was like you know isn't it interesting that on most occasions it's the person that you're really into isn't into you but then the person that you're like the person that you're not interested in is always interested in you and and i told him that and i go and here's the reason why that is because you know, it's all about there has to be some level of ambiguity and chase. And some people are going to hate that I say this thing like, oh, we don't want to play games and blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing. Hear me out. Okay. There's a reason why that happens. There's a reason why it happens. And so, um, you know, I tell them, I'm like, you know, you don't want to make yourself too available, you know, uh, all the time. Uh, you know, uh, maybe your maybe your crush is just you know, maybe you're uh, coming on a little too strong. Maybe you're, um, or maybe you're just not compatible and it's okay. If they don't, if they don't like you back and they've made that clear, um, move on because I'm sure there's somebody out there that likes you. I had this conversation uh, with Austin and his, and his buddies years ago when they were just starting to kind of, you know, get into high school and there was a kid there and he was like, Listen, um, you know, he was he they were all making fun of this one kid because he was just so awkward around girls. And I remember asking him, I'm like, so why are you act awkward around girls? What's the problem? And he goes, Well, you know, I just uh I get nervous. And I was like, Well, well, what are you nervous about? And he goes, Well, I'm you know, I don't want to get rejected. And I told him, I go, Hey, listen, you know, here's the thing. I go, there's a couple of things. First, um, there's like seven billion people in the world. And half of them are women. So that's three and a half billion. Okay, so 1%, 1% of, uh, of, of three and a half billion is 30 and a half million. So that means if 1% of women find you attractive, there are 30.5 million women out there that would find you attractive. There's got to be at least a few in your area. Okay. So there's that. And then, um, and so the other thing is also, uh, um, you know, you, this fear of rejection and, and they kind of flipped it on him because I said, okay, so, so what do you think the worst is that's going to happen? And this kid said, he goes, uh, well, you know, I could uh, go over there and I talk to him and then, uh, you know, um, then they reject me and I go, okay, that that's true. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's true. That could happen. Uh, in fact, I would say if you try this, uh, enough, it's almost certain to happen once or twice. Um, but, but that's, I don't think the worst thing that could happen. I think the worst thing that could happen is that, that you get scared and you don't go over there and talk to that girl. And that girl was your soulmate and you missed it because you were scared. So I don't know if that helps you because I don't know who your crush is and I don't know who you are. Um, it could be a number of things. It may not just be in the cards, but if you, if you haven't told your crush that you're into them um, and you haven't made it clear, um, then you should do that. And if they don't reciprocate, then you should move on. And uh, if they do, good luck. Okay, next, uh, have you ever gotten into a fist fight? Yes, I have. I've been in a few. And um, 
I think that the you all there's it depends on what you're talking about. I've I've been in a few um actual just fights, but then also when we were kids, uh UFC was was like just starting to get big. And it was just starting. I mean, I, it wasn't even really big yet. Um um so it was just starting to like kind of become prevalent and we were doing like these underground fight clubs. And, uh, and so, yeah, I had, it didn't get too bad. There wasn't a lot of striking involved, but when I was about 17, 18, every once in a while we would get together and we would, we'd fight each other. So yeah, a couple different situations like that. Um, okay. Next, how does it feel to have a kid who's a senior in high school? That is very surreal. Um, it's like it's both exciting and it's and it's also terrifying. Um, I knew this day was coming. You know what I mean? I I, I could see it coming, and um, you know I love him to death. He's just so great. I'm proud of the kid he's he's becoming. But I it just to me as this as this uh, year started, it just reminded me that my time with him in this phase of life is almost over. Um, and that's like, that's both really exciting because I'm so excited to see what he does with his life, but also a little sad because he's moving into an area of life where he doesn't necessarily need me and like not that he doesn't need me i'm sure he'll always need his dad you know like i still talk to my dad about things and, but like it's just not the same relationship he's a, he's an adult and he makes decisions and he has to decide what he's going to do with his life and it's just a different phase you know this is something i i've said i think in the past and i'll say it again you know the, the weirdest thing about being a parent is that you're not just a parent for like for like one kid like your your kid is like a thousand people over the course of its life like you go from you go from a baby to a toddler to a little boy to a big boy to like a to a preteen and then a teen and then a young man and then and then he's a man. I mean, like I'm looking at a six foot three man, you know, and and you just the thing that stinks is like I've I've been lucky in that I love have loved every phase of every one of my kids' lives, some more than others. But I mean, I've I've generally just absolutely loved my kids. The problem is is that is that when you're with them day to day, you don't really notice the transition. So then one day, you're looking at this new kid or this new person. You have to adjust to this new person and you never got the chance to say goodbye to that old person that you really, really loved. And, um, you know, it's, it's amazing, but it's also sad at the same time because... Now he now he's gonna go to college and he's gonna go on a mission and he's gonna go off and he's gonna get married and he's gonna have kids and he's gonna be in life. And it just, you know, it's um I I have a hard time letting go. And so um, but I have to, and you know, I'm ready for it, and that's why I'm trying to spend as much time as he'll allow me to have in this in this last year, um, trying very hard to give him his space to go out and have a great year with his friends and all these people. I just hope he lets me be a part of it in some small way. Um, okay, next. Uh, how are you feeling today? Smiley face. Um, I am tired. <laughs> I am and it's not just like a sleepy tired, although that is a part of it. I've, I, it was a long day yesterday and it's been a long few weeks. I'm prepping for a trial right now and 
um, there it's always all hands on deck and it's hard and I love it. I love doing it, but it's, it's a grind. Um, but, um, but it's not just that it's just emotionally and just like, just I'm tired. <laughs> and so, uh, and just mentally tired because it's just in, um, it just, it's always, it is just always going and, uh, you know, but that's okay. You just keep going through it. You know, this is life. You sleep when you're dead and, you know, you just keep on keeping on trying to, you know, just keep on trying to get everything done that you need to get done. And I've also come to realize and accept that I'm not going to get everything done. Uh, um, that's okay. It doesn't all have to be done. Things will work out. You just got to prioritize. Okay, next question. How are you doing really? Um, I'm doing amazing and I'm doing terrible. Um, there are a lot of great things in my life to be grateful for. And there are also some really, really hard times. And, uh, you know, it's stressful. It's stressful. Um, but the, the trick is, is you can't, you can't let that stop you from doing the things you want to do. You can't, you can't let that stress and the worry and the anxieties of life just bog you down. You have to actually achieve. And I think that the, that's the difference between success and failure a lot of the times. Is it's those moments when nobody's watching and nobody necessarily believes and everyone would understand why you quit you'd quit but you just don't those those are the moments that make the difference uh, between winning and losing a lot of the times because you know you can't you can't give up so that's the last question. So I appreciate the, everybody who sent something out for me to answer. Um, I had two kind of long form letters or emails. I don't know what you call them. I mean, they came through Facebook. So it doesn't really, I guess it wouldn't be a letter. Uh, does anybody send letters anymore? I don't even know what the cost of stamps are, <laughs> being honest. Uh, anyway, okay. So, um, Here's the first question uh, or, you know, message. Josh, I'm really enjoying the podcast. I like the variety of topics you have, but I noticed you don't have a lot of attorneys on. I figured you would have more attorney content on your podcast, so I decided to write to you here. Uh, I was in a car, uh, car accident not too long ago. Oh, you're right up my alley here. This is good. Let's hear it. Okay. Why didn't you call me? Anyway, um... All right. Uh, I was hit on the driver's side of the car by someone who ran a stop sign. Uh, I felt my neck stiffen up at the scene, but I did not go to the doctor that day. Uh, now my neck has gotten worse. The other person's insurance fixed my car and tells me they will take care of my injury, but they are really hard to get a hold of. I did not want to get an attorney because I'm not really the type to sue anyone. I was just wondering if you could provide some general advice for me. Well, I can't uh, because that just doesn't give me enough information to give you specific advice for your situation. Um, but I will give you some general advice just right off the bat. And I'll just start by saying this. I would say, Nine out of 10 people that come into my office and sit down with me for their first intake say exactly what you said in this. I'm not the suing type or, you know, I don't want to be that guy 
Um, and, and I'll tell you, that one always gets me because nobody is the suing type. I, I have prosecuted cases um, that's value is $2,500 up to about $10 million, okay? That's the range over the course of my career. And I can tell you that I'm pretty sure that every single one of my clients would give every single dollar back that they uh, got out of their judgment, settlement, whatever it was, to have not gone through the car accident. So it's not like anyone comes in here thinking they hit the lottery, okay? Um, they come in here because exactly what you just said, the insurance company is hard to get a hold of and they don't want to help you. Now, this may come as a shock to you. Those insurance companies don't care about you at all. And I'm not just talking about the other person's insurance company. Your insurance company doesn't care. You know, yeah, they'll fix your car. They'll fix your property damage. They'll fix it really good. But, you know, and they'll do it really quick most of the time. But I'll tell you what, if there's a way that they can shirk a responsibility of paying out on a personal injury claim, they will take every step to do that. You have two years. I, you, I think you said, if I read this back, it said it wasn't too long ago. I don't know what that means. You have two years from the date of a collision to bring a file a complaint in the court, unless it's a public entity. If it's a public entity, typically you have to do a government claim form within six months uh, of the incident. And then uh, if they deny the claim, you have to file, uh, file a complaint with the court in a certain amount of time after that. And I will tell you, uh, and I think it's, I, I think it's six months or maybe it's four months from the date of the rejection and they reject every single one. Okay. So, uh, so, so those are the statutes. Okay. And I'll tell you, they, they may tell you, oh, we're going to take care of your injury. I just had somebody call me not too long ago and they called me and they said, Hey, listen, there's, there was this insurance company and I was treating and I treated for about 18 months that I sent them. I told them I wanted to get it done. I sent them all my bills and then they were like, oh, we're going to fix it. We're going to fix it. We're going to fix it. And then the day after the two year statute ran, they said, Oh, we don't have to fix it. You didn't file a complaint. So too bad. So sad. And they sent these form letters that I'm sure she didn't read because they were just form letters that say things like, Hey, by the way, you have a two year statute to file the complaint and blah, 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 blah. And so they, they did all their due diligence, but yeah, they undercut her, you know, and, and as far as getting an attorney, I would tell you the first thing is, is you should get an attorney. And that sounds very self-serving. I'm sure because I am one, right? Obviously. Um, but uh the the thing is 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 that you have to understand most people who get in car accidents get in one two if they're really unlucky maybe three um in their entire lives um but the 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 adjuster on the other side is talked to 15 people just like you that day so imagine let's imagine that you play chess and you go to uh, you go to the park. You sit down with this chess player, and you've never played chess before. Maybe you've played once or twice. Okay, and you sit down, and you say, "Hey, let's play a game of chess." And the person playing chess on the other side has played fifteen times a day, five days a week, and has for the last ten years. You're going to lose that chess game, and it's not because you aren't necessarily smart, or that you're going to that you're not you couldn't become good at chess, but you don't even know the rules. You don't know the strategies. That person does. Like, for example, you get in a car. I don't know what happened in your car accident, but I'm sure at some point you reported a claim to your insurance company. And I'm sure your insurance company was like, oh, well, give us a recorded statement. You are under no obligation to give them a recorded statement at all. And they'll do it under the guise of we're trying to help you out. But are they trying to help you out? Or do you have what's called underinsured motorist coverage? Which, said, which means that if you get hit by somebody with no or no insurance or not enough insurance to cover your claim, do you have insurance that would cover it? A lot of you do. And if you do, your insurance company knows that. They want to get all the information because they realize they may be at risk to have to pay out for your case if you got hit by somebody who doesn't have good insurance. And, and so, but they'll do it like, oh, we're trying to help you out. Or they'll say something like, they'll do something like say, hey, uh, here's what we're going to do to help you out. We're going to send you a release, a medical release. Okay. 
and you just sign it, just sign it, don't fill it out, just sign it for us. Uh, and we're gonna use that so that you don't have to pay for your medical records. We'll order them for you. And you're thinking, great, I don't have to go and get them, I don't have to do all this stuff. Well, understand that you have a right to medical privacy in California, okay? Which means that you have a you you don't have to disclose any of your medical uh, any of your medical history. Now, here's the thing: if you if you say have a neck problem, like it sounds like this person has, um, you open up the door. You you can't claim a privacy right with regard to your neck, meaning. They have a right to seek for care for a certain a limited amount of time in the in the past, and it really depends case to case. But they have a right to pursue pre-existing care to your neck to see if you had a neck problem that maybe isn't necessarily uh, involved with this collision. So they have a right to explore the areas of the body that you put at issue in your case, but. They don't get carte blanche to look at your entire medical record. So if you give them a release, they can go from birth to present. So you ever had anything weird and you know weird or, or uncomfortable? You know, you ever had a you ever had a, a woman issue, a woman's issue? You know, with your gynecologist, you contract an STD, you have cancer, um, you have some mental health issues that disclose to your doctor. Uh, a domestic violence dispute that you went to the doctor for, they get all of that because you signed a release and they just say all medical records from birth to present and they get it all. And I've had, I've had defense attorneys ask in a deposition, a client, uh, tell me about your abortion. Now, of course, I nearly came over the table at it, but it's happened. So, these are little things that insurance companies will do to get information that they're not entitled to. They'll ask you for your social security number. You're under no obligation to give them your social security number. And here's why they want the social security number. They'll say they're doing it for Medicare, but they're doing that because there's an index out there that they all pay into and they log every claim, work comp, car accident, anything you've been involved in. And they want to put your social security number in there and they want to find out everything they can about you. They'll follow you. They'll look at your social media. They'll look at anything that you post. I had at a trial one time, a defense counsel for State Farm, which is not my favorite. Uh, I had a client who was hit, pretty big impact. And she ended up with what's called thoracic outlet syndrome, which basically means the little area in their, between their clavicle and uh, their first rib, it pinched in a little area called the brachial plexus, which caused some ridiculous pain into her arms and weakness um, in, her, in her hands. Um, she ultimately needed rib resections, meaning they needed to do surgery to remove the first rib on both sides uh, of, of her, uh, her, her body. And, uh, Anyway, there was a little bit of an interval in between the collision and when her getting the surgeries because her and her husband had been trying to get pregnant for a long time and they got pregnant. And so uh, she had the baby and that kind of put a gap in treatment for because they can't do any surgeries or injections or even MRIs, I think, when you have a baby or you're, you're pregnant. So anyway, we get to the trial. And this defense attorney had polled her maternity photos off of Facebook and said, see, she's smiling, she's faking. Now, got an amazing verdict on that case, um, really hit them hard. But when I pulled the jury after the fact, they said it had an effect. Um, so that's the type of stuff that insurance companies will do. So now the benefit of having an attorney is that they are not allowed to talk to you at all. So if you uh, sign with me or anybody else, it doesn't have to be me, I hope you'd pick me, you know, but uh, you know, you, you, any attorney can send them a letter. And once they know you're represented, they can no longer talk to you. So it kind of, it kind of takes all the legal stress off of you. So you can focus on what's really most important, which is just getting better. 
Now, the other thing is that that concerns me about this is you're you're you've done what a lot of plaintiffs or, or people who've been injured do that affect their case. Um, your your neck stiffens up. You didn't go to the doctor. I don't know why. I have a lot of clients that will, won't go to the doctor. Maybe they don't have insurance, or maybe they don't want they they don't have a big copay. They don't want to pay for the ambulance bill or the ER. Maybe they don't think it's that bad. So they don't want to go to the ER and sit there for a few hours to get an x-ray or whatever that's going to tell them that there's nothing wrong. Um, maybe they're on their way somewhere, you know, and so they couldn't, you know, they couldn't just go to the doctor. Uh, all of those things happen. The problem is, is that if you have an injury, you need to treat. And, and, I, and I want to make it very clear. I am not saying that you need to go and get treatment for something that isn't there. If I'm just saying, if you are hurt, you should go to the doctor. You should go and get it treated. Because otherwise what happens is you don't go to the doctor. There's a gap in treatment. And let's say you wait a, a couple weeks or a month. I had a, I had a client in a trial, waited five days. Didn't think it was that bad, so waited five days. And then, and, and reported, reported, on the day of, she was going to a doctor's appointment on the day of, said she had some neck and back pain. Then waited five more days before she went back. And all the jury heard from the defense. What happened in those five days? Nothing happened in those five days. Now, another big, another verdict. You know, we, we win again, right? I, it was another win and they, they didn't pay attention to that. But what about those five days? So imagine if you're a month out. And you don't go to the doctor, which happens a lot in these cases. Then the defense has, the insurance company has a gap that, and they love it because then they can say, well, you know what happened? You know, we live in a very judgy time and everybody, you know, the insurance companies have spent a lot of time convincing people that they, that if they bring a lawsuit, they are that guy. And they've used things like the McDonald's verdict. Everyone's heard about that, the hot coffee verdict where, and that what they think happened is some 90 year old woman poured coffee on herself outside of McDonald's and got a billion dollars. And that's just not true. It's just not what happened, you know, but the insurance company uses that to, to, to poison the jury pools into thinking that everybody who comes in there is just out to make a buck and that they just want to capitalize. They hit the lottery uh, and it's just not true. It's just not true. And so, um, but that's the, the world we live in. And so the insurance companies know that the juries come in already suspect of, of my client. I mean, because a lot of the pain that people have neck and back uh, is, is common in these types of collisions. Um, you know, you're probably not wearing a neck brace. You probably weren't getting had didn't have a neck surgery. You're probably not in a wheelchair. Okay, you just have some neck pain. But if I was to walk by you on the street and you were just walking by, I'd have no idea you were in pain unless you told me. So these these juries are looking at you and thinking, I don't know what's wrong with them. And the defense wants to play on that. And one of the ways they do that is when you don't treat. Well, if it was really that bad, they would have gone to the doctor. And so and I got to tell you, but that's a that's a hard one, especially for people like single parents, you know, teachers, um, mothers, doctors, you know, people who are highly, highly busy. It's very hard to get them to treat because they just it's a nuisance. They're so busy. They don't have time. Um, so you have to go and get the treatment, because if you don't. One, you, you, there's a chance you're not going to get better, and that's paramount. You got to get better. We, the, the number one thing, forget lawsuits, is that you, you recover. The whole purpose of a claim is to put you back in the position you were before this happened. And if it, if you were a zero out of ten before, then you should be a zero out of ten now. And if they can get you to get back to a zero out of ten, you should take the opportunity. Um, so I, I hope I kind of answered some questions for you there. Um. So I would say, if I were going to say general advice, if you've been in a car accident, number one, if you hurt, you should treat. 
and you know everybody makes their own decisions i would say if you're hurt at the scene just to be safe you should go to the er and get checked out just to make sure there's nothing seriously wrong i have had clients who didn't who waited and found out later that they had problems and ended up with emergency surgeries and you just you just want to be better safe than sorry on that if the pain continues you should continue to treat and you keep doing it until it is better and once it is better then you can go to the insurance company and try to get the case resolved so there's that uh i would also tell you that there's so much involved with a personal injury claim that i think an attorney is almost 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 always it be it's almost always good to at least sit down and consult with one and most personal injury attorneys will sit down with you for free for the first hour so if someone comes into my office for a consultation they don't there's no obligation to sign up and there's it's free it doesn't it doesn't cost you anything um so at least you get the information and can make an educated decision on what you're going to do so so um you know you're welcome if you if you want to i know we're you know we're acquaintances so if you want to contact me you certainly can um or you can talk to anybody but whoever you you know whatever you decide i think you should talk to an attorney so that that way you can understand all the specifics of your case i hope that's generally good enough for you um, and if anybody has any questions that want to follow up on this for another just me podcast i'm happy to do that i'm happy to answer attorney questions maybe i don't have enough attorneys on here because i deal with attorneys all the time and someone already asked why do attorneys talk so much it's a good question i have to deal with them all the time and it's exhausting sometimes so um anyway okay last thing so um Josh, I wanted to reach out to you and get your perspective. You've mentioned on your podcast and on your Facebook that you have learned to love your life, even the tragedies. You've also said that in times of faith versus doubt, you have just happened to always choose faith. I don't know if that's exactly what I said. But anyway, um, how is that possible? With so many bad things that happen in the in the with um with so many bad things that happen in the world. Uh, I've had a lot of difficulties in my life. I've had some seriously bad things happen to me. And I can't imagine why a loving God would allow that to happen. Uh, or allow them to happen. The bad things. Allow the, allow the bad thing. I guess allow the bad things to happen. Sorry. Uh, why should I have faith in him when he allows these things to happen to me? or to other people in the world for that matter. And that's, that's it. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, so I don't know what you're talking about as far as what your bad things are that happened to you. So I can't comment specifically. I wish there was maybe a little more detail here. Um, so I can understand exactly what we're talking about, about the bad things that happened to you. But I can give you some general thoughts. Um, and it's interesting because I just had a conversation uh, with somebody else on this very topic. Kind of not exactly this, but I think it, I think it applies. Okay, so uh, bear with me. Um, so first thing... Um, and I've thought about this a lot. Like, this is a question that lots of people have asked. How, why do bad things happen to good people? Right? That's the question. I don't know all the time. You know, we don't know everything. And that's the first thing we got to accept. We don't know. We don't know everything. If God exists, we don't know all of his workings and how this all works. So that's the first thing. One thing I do know is, is that God has allowed us as humans to have free will. So, you know, I am of the Mormon variety, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And one of the concepts within this religion, but I think in many religions, is free will. Um, which means that includes the right for you to choose between good and evil. And that also means that everybody has the right to choose between good and evil which 
also means that they have consequences for the evil. And sometimes, unfortunately, those consequences fall to you. When somebody does something wrong or against their morals or, or against, if you want to say, God's commandments in this context, uh, the consequences ultimately fall to you as well. So, but that doesn't make God bad. That makes the person who did whatever thing you're referring to bad, right? God isn't going to come and interject every time somebody does something wrong, like Minority Report and Precogs. Uh, those things happen, and there will be a judgment for those things. So there's that. And that doesn't give anybody comfort. I understand that. That's not something that's going to always help in these situations. But it's true if you believe it, right? That's that's a true concept, the idea that we are free to choose for ourselves. Um, so I wanted to share, though, and I think this is kind of helpful, and maybe it won't be. Maybe it's not exactly on point. But regardless, um, you know, I think it's it's helpful. So I was actually talking to a friend um, and talking with the friend um, about just some stuff going on in, in my life. I was particularly frustrated. Like I said, I'm, I'm going through a trial, which is uh, like a literal. I'm not talking like a trial of life. I mean, like a literal trial. I'm prepping for a trial out of town. Big case. Um, and so any time that you're prepping for a trial, it's, it's intense. Um, so it's an intense time. And on top of that, also, you know, kids are getting back to school and trying to get everybody to their activities. And, you know, there's always somebody that's having some sort of struggle that they need help with and trying to be there for them while I'm also doing this and, you know, trying to feed them and water them and make them clean and, you know, you don't want the dirty kid in school that smells like B.O., you know, because you don't want them sending off random messages to a podcast asking why their crush doesn't like them, you know, that type of thing, right? So anyway, um, so in the midst of this, though, I was sent a talk that uh, uh, the, was written uh, on the topic, and with the permission of the writer, um, I am actually going to share a portion um, of this talk, which I thought was really uh, thought-provoking, and I appreciated when I read it. Um, so it says, um, let's see if I can find this part that I thought was important. It was all very good, but there's one that I, there's one part I thought was really important and applied to this. Pay close attention as I share with you the Bible Dictionary's definition of conversion. Uh, conversion denotes changing one's views in a conscious acceptance of the will of God. If followed by continued faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, repentance, baptism in water for the remission of sins, and the reception of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands, Conversion will become complete and will change a natural man or woman into a sanctified, born-again, purified person, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Complete conversion comes after many trials and much testing. To labor for the conversion of oneself and others is a noble task. Uh, did you catch what complete conversion comes after? Many trials and much testing. It goes on to say, Brothers and sisters, my life has been full of trials and tests, but I am not unique in this regard. We all have many trials and much testing in our lives, and we will continue to have both of these throughout the course of our lives. It is through our many trials and much testing coupled with our conscious acceptance of the will of God, that we become truly converted to the Lord. Um, so I shared that with you because I know that the person who wrote this in comes from the Mormon tradition. I don't necessarily know if they're still 
active in that tradition, but I think that those things will will resonate a little bit. But I thought that that was really profound, that it is through our trials and testing coupled with our conscious acceptance of the will of God that we become truly converted to the Lord. So when I said, and I don't think I, I want to make it clear, in my last podcast, or, or when I said it on my podcast, um, where I said that I've learned to love my life, even the tragedies, I don't think I've learned to love the tragedies. I love the um, the consequences, the growth that comes from the tragedies. I, um, I'm grateful for those things, but I think that that's what that comes from is a conscious acceptance of the will of God, which is not my own. And that's really, really, really hard. Like it's really hard. You know, you, you have a, I, I do this all the time. I have a view of where I think life should go. And I don't think the podcast is going to drop yet before this one drops. But I did a podcast with a friend of mine, Jake Ballantyne, who's a um, who's a motivational speaker and a and a and a, a success coach. And he's really profound. And he said something that really hit me. We were talking about this concept of of you know trials, and he said he goes, the pain of a trial doesn't come from the trial. It comes from the feeling that you shouldn't be going through the trial. And the thing is, is that is so true. I spend, I'm guilty of this. I spend so much time thinking to myself, this isn't fair. I didn't do anything to deserve this. And that is, could be 100% right. I don't know anything about your situation. I don't know what it is that you're referring to as far as the bad things that have happened to you. But if, but if I take it, that it's true that bad things happened to you that you couldn't control, then you're right. Like it, you know, it's not fair that it happened to you, but conscious acceptance of the will of God is accepting that sometimes as part of the, as part of his will and as part of free agency bad things are going to happen and those bad things those tests those trials help us grow into the better version more empathetic more christ-like person that god wants us to be i hope you don't think like, like i said if you're dealing with some sort of abuse or some sort of thing i hope you don't take that as me saying it is god's will that you go through whatever it is that you're going through. I don't think that that's true, but I do think it's God's will that whatever happens to us, we learn from it. Some of the best therapists in the world went through unspeakable trauma, and they're good at it because they're empathetic, because they understand what you're going through. You know, some some of my some of my favorite people to talk to when I'm struggling are people that I know who have gone through what I've gone through and gotten past it and hearing their perspective after the fact it gives me hope and they tell me how much they learned from it so these uh so why should I have faith in him when he allows these things to happen to me well because you can trust that the atonement is going to work for you. And that all of this has to do with some plan that maybe you don't necessarily understand. I've said this a thousand times, every trial I've ever gone through, every single one, I can look back now and I can see how that trial needed to happen to put me in the place I am today. I'm a much different person now than I was five years ago. I am very much, uh, I, I think I was one of those judgy Mormon people. I mean, it's kind of weird to hear myself say that, but I think I was. Not not all the time. I, I had friends in all sorts of different 
different viewpoints and things. But I, as far as I, I, you know, I had very strong opinions on certain groups of people and what they were doing and, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, it wasn't until I started realizing that my life was not going to be the cookie cutter version of what a Mormon Christian life is supposed to be. And that there was going to be some differences for me that I really started being more empathetic. And I can tell you from my own experience, like one of the things that has really happened for me out of all of my issues has been the budding closeness I have with my kids that I don't think I would have had otherwise. And so you, you know, at any point you can look at your life, I believe, and you could look at even when the worst things happen to you in your life, you can look and I bet you can find a few things that are going pretty good. Um, so try to focus on that and have faith that things are going to get better because they always do. And then they always get bad. And they always get good again. That's life. You know, I, it's funny. Uh, I, I actually thought about this not too long ago, and this will be where I wrap up. <clears throat> so I was thinking about this. Uh, I kind of watched a movie, and there was an analogy, and it kind of made me think of this. So uh, life is really hard sometimes. And then sometimes it's really great. And... I started, for some reason, I started thinking about when I was a little kid, I remember, I think this is the way it went, but my mom, I think it was my mom, took me on my first, like, real roller coaster. And it was at Six Flags Great America. It was called, I think it was Paramounts at that time, or it might have been Marriott's or something like that, Great America. But they had this wooden uh, roller coaster called the Grizzly. And it was the biggest roller coaster at the time. Like they didn't, there were a bunch, they built a bunch afterwards, but this one, this was it, this, the Grizzly roller coaster. And I was tall enough and we were going to go, right? And so I get on that rickety roller coaster and it just click, click, click going up. And then, you know, we go down the first drop and then we just go all over the place. And I, I don't remember how old it was. I couldn't have been more than six or seven years old when I go on it. And like there was, at that point in my life, there'd never been anything that made me feel so like it made me feel both so like excited and scared and like sick to my stomach and anxious and thrilled all at the same time. Uh, and that's life, you know, that's life. It, it takes all these ups and downs, twists and turns, turns you upside down. And some people don't like it. Some people just want to go on the merry-go-round, and that just goes around and around and around. But you know what? When I think about my children, and when I think about my loved ones, who I love very, very much, and I think about where my life is headed, and I think about my blessings, I'm grateful for the roller coaster. I like it. <clears throat> so with that, I hope whatever I said <laughs> helps. Um, it's never, it's, it's never meant to do anything more than that. So, well, that was it. I went an hour talking to myself. Why do lawyers talk so much? Well, pontificating. So if you've gotten this far, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are coming up on a year and I've got a whole lot of cool things in the works. I, I got some more fun topics for you. So uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. You can subscribe on YouTube, on Apple, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google there's a bunch of other ones I saw in my analytics. Um, so uh, you can do that. Um, I'm grateful for all of you and all the people who who participate. Um, 
couple other things I'm thinking about doing. Uh, I have thought about t-shirts and I have thought about, uh, you know, hats and stuff. Uh, I don't know. I haven't pulled the trigger on it. I don't know if anybody would be interested in it, but I think it would be fun to, to print up some stuff and just have some advertising. So that might be coming down the works. Um, but uh, right now I'm just having a lot of fun doing this and I appreciate y'all coming along with me. Um, so if you ever want to have a question answered on one of these just me podcasts or in any other form, um, that I do, let me know. As you can tell, I never divulge unless you specifically say you, you want me to, I will not divulge who you are. Uh, I will keep it between us. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, um, no, I'm not going to any swinger parties. <laughs> so anyhow, that's it. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time.